social media lawyer, Ian Corzine. Welcome to the Social Media Law Podcast. I'm Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer. Today, I'll be joined by Kelly Tennant of Soulfire Productions, a full podcast production team for you. Welcome, Kelly, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're super busy. Uh, you guys offer so many different services, uh, and I'm really excited to get into it today. Uh, first, we always start the Social Media Law Podcast with a story of you or your company helping someone. It could be a client. It could be a personal story. Do you have a story for us? Yeah, I do. You know, when we bring on a, a new show, we go through an onboarding process. And for us, that's really analysis and strategy. And so we look at who they are, their business as a whole, how we can use the podcast to help them funnel into the business. And that's where I kind of come in, the uh, former reporter in me who gets very curious and likes to add, ask really challenging questions, like comes out and just peppers people. And I really like to get into the depths of who someone is and what they really want to do, what really matters to them. Because mm -hmm. what I have noticed, and I'm sure you see this too all across the board, is that someone will say one thing and that's what matters to them, but then their business looks a complete different way. And so there's a huge disconnect. Yeah. And so we had this amazing podcast host and incredible CEO come to us and her podcast was one thing. And she's talking about, you know, branding and, and uh, social media yeah. and how to tell your story. But in reality, she's incredibly spiritual. She wants to teach on that. She's had these incredible plant medicine experiences and, and all of this stuff, but she was so scared to talk about it. And so we really got in depth into what's on your heart, what really feels genuine for you. And we broke through this huge barrier during this call. And I think for the first time she saw herself and wow. she wasn't trying to be someone else or live up to the standards that people expect her to to be at. Yeah. And it was just like this emergence of this woman who had kind of been hiding for so long because she thought she was supposed to be a certain way. And for me, just asking cool questions and really just listening to people is the favorite part of what I do. And I think that is what makes such a difference for so many. Wow. I love that. Um, you know, I think we need more and more people to voice their opinions, uh, what they've learned over their lifetime of their career online. And, but, but, the, but the problem, of course, is, is, you know, we talked about it before the podcast. It can be the technical things. It can be not knowing where you buy this microphone stand, uh, not knowing that you need to have mic uh, headphones when you're doing a podcast so you can hear the other person and you don't want to have echo in the background. Uh, all these little things can stop you. And it's great that you were able to kind of you know, enable her so that she could get her truth out. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to spend a little bit of time for, uh, you acquainting us with Soulfire Productions. And then I want to go a little bit into your background, how you came up with this idea, because I think it's an awesome idea. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the background first because it kind of gives the premise for what okay. we've created. Um, so I come from a TV background. I was a sports reporter for over 10 years. I worked for the Lakers and the Dodgers in LA and I hosted shows pre and post game on the field, in the studio, did a lot of sideline reporting, reporting, traveling with the teams. And um, it was such an amazing time for me to learn about media mm -hmm. and understand what sounds good, what feels good, what looks good. How do you conduct an interview? How do you get someone to feel comfortable with with you? How do you ask really challenging questions, prepare for those things, do things on live TV when hundreds of thousands of people are watching and not have a panic attack? And so yeah. when I left that industry and I created my podcast, I just really wanted to have really in-depth conversations and take all of this knowledge and awareness that I had accrued over years mm -hmm. and put it into something that really mattered to me. And so 
I start my podcast. I'm doing it for over a year and I don't know anything about podcasting. I gave it to a production team and I'm like, okay, just like tell me what to do and I'll figure it out. And that's what it is. And I didn't understand the ins and outs of the industry. I didn't know that reviews were important. I didn't understand what downloads were. I didn't even know what good numbers were. (laughs) I had no idea how to reach people. It was just, it was just foreign to me. And so as I'm doing this, I'm noticing like, I'm not growing as fast as I want. I'm not reaching the right people. I think that I'm doing the right thing, but am I communicating properly? Is my intro good? Like, should I do something different? And so it just was like very confusing. And so I started to learn a lot more over a couple years of doing this. I started connecting with other podcasters. I started asking better questions, asking for help, things that, you know, most of us are not very good at to admit. I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) And I just started to learn a lot. And I saw that there were so many holes in the business that, I mean, you know, you have a show. This is the wild, wild west. There is really no playbook. And unless you connect with other people doing this, you're not going to learn. And what I also learned is that there's a lot of people that know things and they don't want to share them. So it's like everything is hidden behind this veil. And if you want access to that, it's going to cost you. And if you want to get on the charts, you have to pay to get there. If you want a lot of reviews, you better pay to get them. Mm -hmm. People just don't know these things. And so I really wanted to create a company that was of service to people, that was community-based and that was transparent because I'm tired of competition. I'm tired of, because you have a podcast and I have a podcast, that means we are competitors Mm -hmm. and I can't do anything good for you because that means there's less for me. And I'm tired of the lies and the lack of transparency around how the business works. Mm -hmm. And to be quite frank, all the people working on my show were men and they didn't un- understand half the stuff I was talking about. Yeah. And so I have men writing my show notes about motherhood or doulas or wellness. And I would read the show notes. I'm like, you literally have no idea what you're writing. This is not good. And there was just such a lack of attention to detail and creativity. And it was just sort of being mailed in. And I thought there's another way to do this. And so transparency, community, are the foundations of what we do. And we really not only wanted to be a production company, but when my boyfriend got involved in this, he brought in the network side of things because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's biggest Joe Rogan fan of all time. I'm sure like most men out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess. Um, uh, Yeah, yeah, at first I was like, I have no idea who this man is. Um, Now I get it. But... Um, he brought in the network side and what he had learned and he had been working on really big podcasts on the, on the back end and on um, like the tech side of things before he even had a show. So he really had a good picture of what was going on. The networks for true crime or um, entertainment podcasts, comedy, they all operated in similar ways and it was all community. It was all ad swaps. They were running ads for each other. Mm -hmm. And that is how you get thousands of listeners on day one for your show. Well, no one in wellness or personal development was doing that. So we implemented that into things. Um, We also started going after sponsors for all of our shows because most people don't know how to get a sponsor. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just about the production because you can get a lot of people to edit your show and it can be relatively good. But do you have someone who's telling you the ins and outs of what's happening every month in podcasting, the analytics, what they mean, how to grow your show, yeah. the importance of reviews and subscribers, mm-hmm. how to write a pitch email, what to even charge a sponsor for your show, how CPM works, and then creating the entire design strategy and infrastructure of your show so that it flows, it looks good, and it's genuinely you coming out in every mode as well as, as well as in all of the marketing materials. So 
We wanted it to be a one-stop shop where people felt really taken care of, really seen and kind of handhold all of them through the process so that they didn't have to do all of the things every single day that are very overwhelming for most of us. Yeah. So Kelly, walk me through this because I always like to get, I always say, explain it like I'm a six-year-old. Yeah. I'm a guy who has a social media law podcast, like, among the many, all right? No, I'm just kidding. I was um, going to say, are there yeah. a lot of those? <laughs> Big. I didn't even know social media law was a thing, so this is new for me. Yeah, I should have narrowed down. Uh, but no, I, I got this podcast. I got the equipment. I got the, I, you know, I have a YouTube channel. I'm pretty familiar with the, the tech part. Mm-hmm. So I can deliver raw p- product. What would I do if I came to Soulfire? What would you, what could you do for me, so to speak? Yeah. So it all depends on what you want. But for most people, um, we have a couple different packages. So when you come to us, we go through this onboarding process I was telling you about, which is the strategy and breakdown. So things I would ask you is like, why do you have this show? What are you trying to get out of it? Most people are using it as a marketing funnel for one-on-one work or courses, things like that. So Mm -hmm. it's really, how does the podcast feed into that? Who are you talking to? What is your messaging? And getting really clear on that. So that's really step one. Step two is taking all of the raw audio and footage you create um, and producing the podcast. And then we also do audiograms, which are kind of like those for people that don't know. How do I explain an audiogram? It's like a static picture with moving words and sound over it. Yeah. Um, There's usually like a a line that goes up and down, signaling that there's sound on this clip, I guess. Yeah. 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 And then, so we'll create that for you. And then we'll create these that are fonted and branded. So that has the title of your show on there, your name, whatever it looks like. We'll put, you know, a special filter. If you have kind of like a pink hue to your show, then it'll have pink over it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll also do YouTube. So do same thing, font those, brand those, and put those up for you. But it's all strategic across the board, figuring out how are you reaching people and where is the disconnection? Because most people, even people, we have clients who come to us after four or five years of podcasting, Mm -hmm. they have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. All they know is they're talking about what they love, but they don't understand the downloads Mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily reaching people in the way they want to. So we're just making everything a lot more concise and clear Mm -hmm. as well as creating the community aspects. So we have a mastermind every month. So you would come in and every single month we gather with all 30 of our hosts and we teach them what's happening. We talk mm-hmm. to them. We answer any questions they have. We tell them about potential sponsors that are coming on, anything that we are learning in the business, um, mm-hmm. because we believe that everything we know, we want you to know. It doesn't mean that you're going to do everything yourself, right? That's why you're with a production company. Yeah. But at the same point, I really want you to understand the business so that you know what you're doing. You can strategize your business when you're launching courses, how you're approaching things, how you're sharing your show how to build it on social media so that Mm -hmm. you're not just flying blind because that's what I did and my show didn't grow as fast as I wanted it to. So it's really a holistic approach to the show and taking it out of your hands so that you're not doing kind of the nitty gritty everyday stuff and you can focus on the actual interviews themselves, getting Mm -hmm. great guests and the creative aspect of things. Now, do you guys do logistics too, like actual editing of the podcast itself? Yeah, we do all the production. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I, there's so many questions I have for you that are coming about, about uh, but I do want to get to the, you know, the subject matter of our podcast, and that is three tips for an engaging podcast. You have, you, you've been doing this for so long. What I mean by that is not only the podcast, but also your broadcast background. So you've got to have some, some value you could offer the creator audience that I have on how to do great podcasts. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind is to just be genuinely yourself. 
I think, and I did this when I was in TV. And then again, when I started podcasting, I was, you know, 21 years old on ESPN. And I'm trying to sound like all of these famous broadcasters who are 20, 30 years older than me. And I'm, I'm like, I have to sound like them. I have to act like them. It needs to flow this way. And I put a lot of pressure on myself and I never, I don't think I ever genuinely came across as who I really am. And over the last I was going to say, I don't mean to interrupt you, but when people, I've heard this advice before, but when you're on the line, you're in front of a camera that millions of people are watching you. How do you be yourself? Isn't yourself already racked with anxiety and nervousness? I mean, how do you come through that? That's such a good question. Um, You know, I think that it's a level of awareness and knowing within yourself. I think when we try so hard, it comes across and then you kind of lose yourself in that experience because you're trying to ask it a certain way or have a certain tone. And I know, especially for so many young broadcasters, you know, we're giving a million pieces of advice and it's all running around in our head. And you also have a producer talking to you and then there's an athlete next to you and you're like, ah, all the voices. (laughs) And so I think that it's just kind of clearing the noise out and getting really clear on okay, what is it that I want to ask right now? Because when I asked the questions that I was curious about, that I'm thinking, this doesn't seem like someone would ask this right now, but I really want to know. That was the best interview I would ever have. It's when we're in a state of, it should sound like this, or I should be this way, or so-and-so told me it needed to be this way. That's when I think we lose ourselves. Does that answer your question? It does. You know, I think I picked the word out and correct me if if I'm wrong, but I think what you said is clarity of purpose. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that maybe you don't even think about being yourself. I think you, you think about what is my goal. What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> what value can I offer my viewers? And I guess if you're, if you're single-minded on that purpose, maybe you all the other stuff kind of fades away. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you're really clear on your why, that's exactly it. Then it all, it all fades away and you know what matters to you. You know what makes you curious. And what I learned a lot during my career is that if I'm curious about it, so are the people at home. I'm kind of their like long arm reaching into the screen onto Dodger Stadium and they're like, okay, can you please ask this for me? And so I'm the extension of them. And so if I'm curious about it, then they are too. I love that. I love Um, that. So yeah, so being authentic, being genuine to who you are, going in with authentic conversations. I see so many people who try so hard to come up with a conversation because they think they're supposed to have it or because it's trending on Google and I need to make it, you know, trend. I need to make this so important and valuable. And it's like, yeah, but do you even care about that? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that if you get, again, get rid of the noise and listen to what matters to me, what is my community asking me about? What are they curious about? What really lights me up? Then the conversations you have, whether you're by yourself or with a guest are so much more powerful. Kelly, I was going to ask you a question that is important to me and maybe it's important to the audience. You know, I've been doing YouTube for about two years now and I've done pretty well, um, but I've gone through cycles of being myself. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is that I have a wonderful girlfriend who gives me very good objective input. And there's been time, I, you know, I, I was a 20 year litigator, U.S. attorney and all that stuff. And you develop this kind of way of being, you know. And mm-hmm. so I, in my first videos, I was one way of being maybe a little bit stodgy, maybe a little bit formal. And then I got this advice, be yourself, be authentic. And then what I, I would do a couple of videos, I would show up just like this. I would, I would, this was myself. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like getting up to it. I just was myself. And then they would say, like, the, the, you know, the audience would say like, why was everything okay? You know, why were you depressed? I think there's a difference between being yourself in the moment and then being yourself ready to to, to implement your purpose. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You can't not have energy, right? 
I do, but where I will kind of, I don't know, disagree. I don't disagree disagree. with you. I totally get what you're saying, but I think, and this is for me because I talk about this kind of stuff, but um, I cry on my podcast. I have really low energy. Sometimes I talked about my mom dying. Um, You know, I talk about sexual experiences that are really hard or things that have happened in the past. And for me, that is genuinely how I show up. I don't believe in putting Uh on a face when that is not authentic to me. I think a lot of that for me, and maybe you can um, understand this is when I was on TV, I would have really bad days, but I had to go look pretty and be on TV and talk to tons of people. And so I felt like I was faking it all the time. And I promised myself that when I came to the podcast, I would never do that. So if I sat down to record and I was overcome with emotion and that's kind of what was happening, that's how I showed up. But I think that's, you know, what my community expects. And I do think, you know, we're in different fields, so it can be different. I think you just have to find what your voice is. My boyfriend, Connor is extremely extroverted and he's a loud mouth and is all the things. (laughs) And he takes it even up a notch when he goes to his show. He has like podcast Connor. That's fun for him though, because he's more performative. He Mm -hmm. likes to be like that. That is something he enjoys. So I think it's just finding, we all have different aspects of our personalities, Mm -hmm. whatever drives you and makes you feel good in that moment, I think Mm -hmm. is what genuinely shows up. Well, I like that. I I absolutely love the way you explained it as far as, you know, being on broadcast television versus being on your podcast. I think that's a a factor too, Mm -hmm. but I also ultimately believe in what you say and that you can't go wrong with the truth of who you are. So if you are low in energy and maybe people notice that's true (laughs) and and you can respond. Yeah. I felt depressed that day. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. yeah, I don't think enough of us have those conversations because we're scared. And if you have an audience, you think that you need to show up a certain way. And what I have learned in the last couple of years, especially, is that the more I show up just showing people my real self and what's happening and that life is hard, the more connected I get. And honestly, this isn't the point, but the faster my show grows, the bigger it gets because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but Instagram is a fucking trash bag at this point Absolutely. with a bunch of happiness. And I'm like, We're all tired of, yeah, we're all tired of seeing people on private planes jetting off to God knows where living some fancy ass life when you know that that's not the reality of their situation. And so I think if you just show up honestly, like, yeah, fucking life sucks today, then people are like, oh my God, you're a person too. (laughs) (laughs) Life does suck today. Yes. (laughs) Pandemic. Uh, Kelly, we're moving along because I do want to respect your time and we have limited time here. Another tip for being, for having an engaging podcast. Do you have another? Yes. Engaging with your community. I think the mistake that a lot of podcasters make is that they think I have a podcast. Everyone's going to find out about it and they will leave me reviews and they will tell all of their friends and I will be a millionaire. Uh, I'm like, yeah, homie, it doesn't work like that. Um, So one of the most important things that I do, and I think we talk about in the network is responding to DMs. Your people are in your DMs. They're in your comments. If you're not engaging with them, why are they going to keep showing up, right? It's a community for a reason. And if you just call them followers, then you're missing the freaking point because you're not like some guru with all of these le- like these people following you along. No, you've created a community oh. and that's what it's about. So it's a give and take. They're showing up for you you show back up for them. It doesn't take that much effort. I don't have a million followers. I'm not a Kardashian. So Mm -hmm. I can, you know, slide into my own DMs and respond to people. Um, And I think just allowing them to feel heard is so important. So if if you want people to show up for you, you need to show up for them. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, I got a question for you. When you are responding to DMs, and I think we're referring to Instagram primarily now, um, are you doing it 
textually or are you doing it? I've heard the the new quicker way is to respond with an audio message. Do you do both? Yeah, I actually started asking for audio messages in my shows. I'm like, oh. you guys know I'm here because my community knows I'm here. Like if you have a question that's really hard or difficult, you don't have anyone to talk to, please come to me. Yeah. And I just started saying, send me a voice note. I love those. And I started getting so many audio messages. And it was so cool because I felt this level of intimate connection that you don't, don't normally get. And the thing that people miss out on, if someone listens to your podcast on a daily basis, they're in their shower, in their bed in their car, in their kitchen. It's an intimate experience. So they think they know you. Mm -hmm. We create that environment. So when you send them, I'm like, Hey, Ashley, thank you so much. Like I loved hearing your voice. When you send them a personal message like that, are you kidding me? Their favorite podcaster is literally in their phone talking to them specifically. That feels so good versus a thanks so much for your message. Appreciate yeah, you, know. you know, text, yeah, which I, know. I, we all have to do sometimes, but yeah. just that little extra effort, I think makes that connection so much stronger. Mm, that's awesome. You know, I can't wait. And maybe you know about this in the future. Do you think that the podcast infrastructure is going to get better so that we're going to have DMS on our podcasts? I mean, the, you know, I'm a YouTube guy, so I know analytics like the back of my hand. And when I go into uh, the podcast, I can't even remember what it's called, the iTunes podcast area to look yeah. at analytics. I mean, it's paltry. I mean, in YouTube, I can know exactly what I'm turning people off and I can look at the word that I said and I can say, never going to say that word. Um, do you know if in the future we're going to get better analytics for, for podcasts? Funny you ask that. We are... Um one of the small group of people that are in beta testing with this company that has not launched yet. Okay. And let me tell you something, they are going to change the podcasting game. It wow. looks a lot like an Instagram feed. There's a community base. You can send DMs. You can also oh say I'm listening to your podcast and yeah. you reference a YouTube video that you did. I yeah. can pause your podcast and watch the YouTube video in the app without leaving. Wow. I mean, Love the... That. The depths that these people went to is unbelievable. And they really wanted to understand analytics to your point. They wanted to create better sponsorship situations. They really wanted it to be a one-stop shop for podcast listeners. So you're not jumping around to three different apps every time you listen to a show or you leave a show and then you never go back to it because you ended up down the YouTube rabbit hole or something. And so they really have thought of everything. So I think once they launch probably next year, Mm -hmm. it's going to be such a game changer because I don't know about you, but Apple podcasts and the Spotify app for podcasting is so horrendous. I, I don't even, I can't even understand it because again, coming from the YouTube world, you know, Google just understands that the better product out there, the better for them, the, the longer we're going to listen and or watch the, the video. And it only makes sense, especially in the podcasting phase, space, because we don't have video to entertain you. It's only your words that we be able to understand our audience and know when we're going too long and when we're going too short. So I am looking forward to this company. You Can you say the name or is it just gets kind I of- I can't yet. I'll tell you off the air. But the right. other thing that I will say is- Can you even imagine a life where podcasts are listed based on how many listens and subscribers they actually get, not people paying their way to the top or celebrities going new and noteworthy overnight because they have 10 million followers where you actually have a list that breaks down why they are there, almost like on social media where you can see how many followers someone has, how many likes it gets. So that we can actually engage the right way because right now there's a million podcasts out there and the charts make absolutely no sense. No, they don't. 
<laughs> they, they absolutely don't. I don't, I don't understand them. And what ends up happening is then I don't, I don't look at them and I don't, I just do what I want to do in my podcast and I don't mm-hmm. reach to do better. Like on YouTube, every video is a learning experience. I just right. look back at the analytics after 90 days. I go, Oh, but okay. The advertisers didn't like this. They didn't like this. Uh, you know, my average view duration was way lower than normal. All right. And that subject's not, you know, it's just, it's a great way to make a better product and it would just mm-hmm. be so awesome for, for podcasts. So I know, I know. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Kelly, we got one more tip in. Do you have one more tip for us? Yes. I want to go back to reviews and subscriptions because this is something I really missed the boat on. Um, It's so important to have reviews and subscriptions for your show. If you do not have a substantial number of reviews and the magic number that we have found is 300. And we got that from talking to a ton of different podcast platforms, as well as a lot of different sponsors. Mm -hmm. People won't even take a look at the show unless you have 300 reviews and you're, you know, Mm -hmm. 4.5 to five stars. Otherwise you look like you've not done anything or that people don't like your show. And so they just won't even listen to it. (laughs) It's crazy, but that's literally how they test it. Um, And I started just hearing 300 everywhere I went. I'm like, okay, I guess that's the magic number. Um, But then people come to me and they're like, well, cool, 300, but I have 15. So what the hell am I supposed to do now? And we have a really easy strategy for people. Give away free stuff. If you have a PDF, if you have some sort of learning tool, if you have an ebook, I create playlists anything like that. I even buy products from small businesses that I want to support. And then I personally mail them from the post office with a handwritten note, thanking people for sending in such kind words. When they send, when they write the, the, um, review, I have them send me a screenshot in my DMS. Mm -hmm. Then I can post that, which is awesome, but I have proof that they did it. And then I just ask for their address and I send them a gift. Sometimes I ask them, Hey, what do you want? Other times I just send them whatever I have. Mm -hmm. And I get, I will offer something in my stories and I'll get 20 reviews a day. So wow. I do that every couple of weeks because, you know, different things I offer sure. for attract different people. And at first I thought, this is kind of weird. I'm like begging people to tell me I'm awesome. But what I found is that it's actually a bunch of listeners. They don't know that reviews are important. Agreed. And it's hard to find. You got to give them links. Exactly. So Mm. why would they ever go to that length when it only takes like two minutes? But Mm. when you tell them, hey, this makes a huge difference for my show and I have this really cool free thing to give you, then they go above and beyond and they're so excited to leave a review because they had no idea. So just again, it's about engaging with people and letting them know this is really important for the growth. If you could please do this, I have something amazing to offer you. And I've never had anyone be like, I'm not going to leave you a review. (laughs) So it's a really easy (laughs) way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And if they don't, they just won't, they won't listen and they won't uh, comment. So be yeah. Perfect. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know, I wanted to get to so far. If, if one of my listeners out there, a lot of them, a lot of the creators out there have podcasts, I've encouraged them to do them. Um, and they want to work with Soulfire. Is there any way you can give us kind of broad strokes as far as pricing goes or how, how do you, how does that structure work? Yeah. So, um, it's different for everyone. Again, we have basically three tiers we work on unless yeah. you're someone who wants everything you do YouTube, you want every video under the sun, yeah. but our packages start around $1,200 mm-hmm. and go up to, um, if you want everything, it's about 22 to 2,400 and that's yeah. per month. That's for four episodes. Um, and we do everything for you. So, you know, I think that it's a really great place because it's one-stop shop. You don't have to go and have a branding person. And if you want, they can also do your website. Um, it's really all encompassing and yeah. That's awesome. And then the other thing is you guys do is you help people find sponsors so that, you know, Mm -hmm. you help people pay your fees. Yes, exactly. So I'm on sponsors every single day, emailing them, pitching them shows, figuring out who's in alignment, who's 
it's not. And um, it's really fun to be able to people with the right kind of brands. And if you have someone and you're like, I really want to work with them, I have no idea how to go about this and I can handle it for you and just take a lot of that grunt work out. Awesome. Well, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love SoFire. SoFire. Um, you know, Kelly, can you give me your links and SoFire's links so that the the creators out there can access you guys? Yeah. So SoulFire on Instagram is just Soulfire Productions Co. And then we're soulfireproductionsco.com. And then I'm at Kelly M. Tennant and kellytennant.com. Awesome. All right, Kelly. Well, thank you so much for making time for us. I really appreciate you having on the show. Thank you. This was great. Thanks, Kelly. Creators, I hope you got some value out of today's talk. And by the way, as a reminder, at any time, if you have any social media law questions you want answered, go to iancorzine.com and sign up for an online consult. And I'll be right there uh, at a convenient time on your calendar. Please remember to subscribe to the Social Media Law Podcast with Ian Corzine. If you could rate my podcast, I'm going to give you the link in the description and also uh, in my YouTube descriptions. Review the podcast on Apple Music, iTunes. That would be great so we can help us skyrocket up the charts. All right, that's enough for today. I'm Ian Corzine, your social media lawyer, and I'll see you all next week.